Okay, if you've got your Bible, you can crack it open or you might have a little digital thing. Um, Isaiah 54, I'm going to jump around to a few different verses today and one story I'm going to camp in for a bit. I'm just going to read Isaiah 54 to you real quick. So it says, Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labour, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. I'm going to pull that apart a little bit. Some of you will be very familiar with that verse and kind of where I'm going to go with it. But I just quickly, I want to just point out this first little bit where it says, sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. And then later it goes on to talk about that woman's descendants. All right. That, has, does anyone, has anyone heard when Anne spoke on the positions of praise or wor the words for worship in Hebrew? One or two of you. Do you remember them all? No. Why not? Um, neither do I, but they're awesome. And look them up. I have got them written down at home in a book, actually. But I just want to talk about one, just real quick. And it's, the word is tauda, T-O-W-D-A-H, which is what this verse kind of talks about. It is when you raise hands in adoration, as well as thankfulness, for things not yet received. Not yet received. And because I know that you're all going to kind of, you can all do this with me, could we put our hot cuppers down for a minute? We're going to do tauda for two seconds. I'm not going to wait to the end. I'm not going to build up to anything. I'm just going to go, go. There's no warm up. So would you stand with me? Okay. Tauda, to raise hands in adoration. Let's just put our hands up. It's not a magical thing. We know that. It's just a physical expression sometimes. And we adore him and we thank him for the things not yet received, the things we haven't seen yet. So I want you to open your mouth and start to do that. You might have a secret thing in your, in your heart. It might be something to do with your family. It might be just a real difficult situation. But because of his goodness, we're just going to thank him. I haven't seen it yet, God, but I just believe in your goodness. Thank you, God. Let's just open your mouth. Open your mouth. Let it come out. Mm. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We love you, Father. You are so good, Father. Thank you. Just thank him. Let it come up and out of your mouth. Thank you, Lord. Before the breakthrough, we thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm. Amen. 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 Guys, you're so awesome. Thank you. Amen. Well done. I knew you'd do it. <laughs> it's quite bossy and pushy, isn't it? Straight up. I knew you'd go with me. All right. I want you just to remember how that felt because that is a thing. That's a theme that I'm going to kind of keep coming back to. So this, um, this is where we thank God before the breakthrough. You all just did it. You could all feel. Did you feel also how it's quite important to open your mouth? Yeah. 
Because sometimes we're so heavy with the stuff, isn't it? And the big issues, God knows about it. Like there's a big impossible thing sitting there in our life. But we just need to open our mouth and thank him for who he is. Um, Like the woman who hasn't born children, like Isaiah talks about, who sings in thankfulness to God about her descendants. Right, that's what a place that is. If you've ever been a woman who can't conceive, that's just a really huge thing, isn't it? So I just want to point out, this is not a a shiny facade or a denying of difficulty because life's kind of hard sometimes, isn't it, everybody? We're given full permission in scripture, like we mourn with those who mourn, right? We can be completely real, but at the same time, we want to be grounded in the goodness and the faithfulness of God. That's why we do that thing, okay? So this is called Tauda. We might all learn these words one day. That would be awesome. So I'm just going to be talking about why that's so important and how it grounds us in the goodness of God, if it's a practice in your life, and also how worship like that becomes a weapon. So I just, I I like stories the best um, when I'm listening to a preach. I just like them. I'm just going to tell you a bit of sort of my, me and God's stories. And I'm, I, I picture it like my plate, like the food that I'm eating, I'm sharing off my plate right now. So some of it I'm like really chewing over and I haven't got the full flavor of, but I just wanna say, do you wanna have a little share of what I'm eating at the moment and see what you think? Have a little taste. So my story starts um, a few weeks ago where I was listening to Maverick City. Have you guys listened to Maverick City? Oh my gosh, they're so great. Anyway, there's a song called the Isaiah song and which is, from that verse we just read. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd heard the song and it talks about the, the singing before the thing. And I was pondering that and I was just praying and I had this picture in my mind's eye of a tent peg, okay? Which I thought that must be the Lord because I don't know what a tent peg, I wasn't thinking about a tent peg. So I was like, okay, what is that? And so then I read the whole of Isaiah 54 after the initial barren woman singing bit is that next bit. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. So I was sitting with this picture. I'm reading this verse. And I was like, Lord, what is that even about? What does that even mean? So for me, it felt like if I'm a tent, like my life is a tent, it was like the Lord saying, hey, I want you to enlarge and take more land, like more authority. In, in my mind, it's like taking the land for the kingdom, for my king and my, my sphere of influence and my authority. Does that make sense? It was like he was saying, hey, you can do that. And I was like, how do I do that? <laughs> so in that, and then I could see the tent peg in my picture going into soil. And so I love asking the Lord questions because he's really good with answers because he knows everything. Um, I was like, so what's the soil then if the tent peg is about my life? And I felt like he said to me, um, the soil was his goodness, right? And my tent peg is meant to go really deep, right? And it'd be held firm and it get really fortifies in there. Does that make sense? So I felt like in that verse, he was saying, I want you to go deeper as well as wider in my goodness. And that just naturally the, the effect of that is going to be my authority and my influence and my, the space I take up for the kingdom gets bigger. Does this make sense? If you've never heard me speak before, I really do metaphor and picture and metaphor and picture. And if you get confused, just put up your hand because sometimes I get confused. <laughs> so many pictures. Um, but I will come back to this verse a lot. 
So influence and authority. I just want to read real quick, Matthew 18. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Can you just say all authority? How did that sound? Good. Um, who does Jesus give all authority to? Luke 10, I've given you all authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. That's just referring to the demonic. And to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. All right? Jesus has all authority. He gives us all authority. And so we know our belief determines our behavior. We know that, don't we? Right? So this is a big deal because if we don't really believe that we have all authority and if we don't believe in the absolute goodness of God, it's really going to have a big effect on how we live, isn't it? So if we don't believe we've got all authority and we don't believe that he's really, really good, then we're not going to enlarge the place of our tent or take more ground for the kingdom. And so this idea of being dug into the goodness of God is a big deal for me. I really want to be dug into the goodness of God. And I really want to, for my King Jesus, my King Jesus, I love so much, take land for him. He deserves it. So this tent peg picture. So after this, after this Isaiah picture, I thought to myself, I just felt like reading about Deborah, which is a random thought. Again, I probably, probably was the Lord. Hadn't read it for a while, so I'm just going to read Deborah. So this is in Judges, right? And I'm going to actually just paraphrase the story. If you haven't read it for a while, it's Judges 4. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of context. I'm going to go through it. And, yeah, there's no kids in the room. It's a gross story. It's one of the gross Old Testament stories. <laughs> I did tell Sarah, I was like, can we have them removed? Because <laughs> it's like a PG type story. <laughs> Okay, to give you some context. So the Israelites are once again in the hands of a foreign king because they just do this all the time, don't they? They turn away from God, they sin, and then they get given over to um, being oppressed. The Bible makes it clear that they just keep doing this and that's the outcome. In Judges 3, we see God's mercy towards the people. So even though they keep turning away again and again, it's like God always raises someone up to do something amazing for um, his people. So in chapter three, I don't know if you've read this lately, there's three guys, Othniel, Ehud and Shamgar. If you read about those guys, they're just like the real kick butt warriors. Like they just like go and kill a whole lot of people, but that's just their role. Um, they do all these great exploits for God. And then as they die, so Israel forgets again about who God is and they turn from God and they do evil again. All right. So that's all just happened. There's no leader for Israel. Except in Judges 4, we see Deborah, okay? So Deborah is described as a prophet and a judge, and she is leading Israel in her role as judge at this time. Um, as the people cry out to God because of their oppression, so they're being oppressed by Jabin, who's like this evil king. It describes his chariot having steel on it, which I don't even know what that means apart from I just think it would have like pokey steel things that would kill more people or something. I don't know. You can imagine how you like. Um, Deborah cries out. No, the people cry out. God speaks to Deborah with a message for Barak. Sorry, lots of names. Barak is the leader of God's army. Okay, he's a good guy. So Deborah gets this word and it is pretty much, hey, Barak, if you go now and attack, you can take the baddies if you want to. God's with you. He's going to give them into your hands. All right. That's pretty much 
It's like, go take your 10,000 men up Mount Tabor because God will give into their hands Sisera. So Sisera is the bad commander of the bad army. Okay, you've got all these names. Sisera, baddie commander guy. Barak, good commander guy. About to have a battle. Barak says, Deborah, I'm only going to go do that if you come with me. And she's like, okay. So she does. So they go up the mountain. Deborah says again, hey, remember, go. God's already said that he'll hand Sisera into your hands. Why don't you go do it? And so he does. Verse 15 tells us, At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword, and Sisera got down from his chariot and fled on foot. So now we've got Sisera, who's this, the commander of the bad king's army. He's defeated, he's running, he's exhausted. He runs to the tent of a man who is a, like a nomadic people. It's just a, you don't need to know. He's got an alliance with the bad king. That guy's out, but his wife, Jael, is there, right? She says, yes, come in to my tent. She shows him Middle Eastern hospitality. She covers him with a blanket. She gives him a drink of milk. And while he's asleep, she kills him by driving a tent peg through his head. Okay. Is that not disgusting? It's one of these gross stories in the Bible where you're like, why is that even in there? Okay, so real quickly, um, Jael is not an Israelite. She's one of these nomadic people, but she's watched the oppression for 20 years, the oppression of the Israelites. She has watched this happen. And even though her husband's in cahoots with the bad king, she's a sympathizer. And in this moment, when Sisera's like, hey, protect me, I'm running, she's like, yeah, she'll come in. And she lies down and that's what she does. The reason this got me is because I just sat with the Lord having this whole thing about enlarging a tent and tent pegs. And I had tent pegs in my mind didn't know this, hadn't read this for a long time. I was like, a weird, now a weird tent peg, a killing tent peg. I'm just going to share what I felt like. So I believe that this is like a, an account of a real thing that happened, but also I found so much symbolism in it that I'm going to share that with you. Is that okay? That's what I mean. This is what I'm eating on my, off my plate. I'm just going to go have a taste. Okay, so prophetic symbolism, just real quick. During the time of the judges, there's seven um, judges, seven saviour judges. If you look for all these symbols, they're great. They all prefigure Jesus, who's the ultimate saving judge, isn't he? And seven is that number of completeness, isn't it, of God? So I just also wanted to look also at the, the names. I just said so many names at you, but I just want to go fast through them. Um, Sisera, do you remember who he is? The commander yeah, of the baddies. His name means fast, like a swallow or like a horse. And then let's look at Barak, the leader of the Lord's army. His name means lightning. So if you want to look at name meanings, we've got a fast enemy, but a lightning fast God. It's always much better. Um, and then this interesting part of the story. So this the Heber, his name is, who's not part of God's people. That's Jael's husband. He's camped off to the side. He has that alliance. Jael has watched this oppression go for 20 years. She's sympathetic. She kills with a tent peg. In verse 22 tells us, just then Barak came in pursuit of Sisera and Jael went out to meet him. Come, she said, I will show you the man you're looking for. So he went in with her and there lay Sisera with the tent peg through his temple dead. Okay, after this, Deborah, 
Remember who she is? She writes a song about the whole thing and she calls JL this most blessed woman. This is that, the epic kind of end of the story with these two women being the heroes of the day, which is also super interesting to read in this day and time. Out of interest, I had a look at what these two women's name means. You might know this, but if you don't, JL means mountain goat or milk, and Deborah means bee or honey. I love it. Okay, milk and honey, right? So the promised land in the Old Testament was an actual region, but for now it's a metaphor to the rule and reign and the bringing of the kingdom, isn't it? So, and we get to bring it. We get to bring that generous rule and reign of the generous good king, don't we? So to tie this all together, I'll just try and tie it all together and just share what I felt like God said to me in this story. So for me, I felt like the peg of my tent or my life gets driven down as deep as I want it to be into the goodness of God. I can go as deep or not deep as I like, really, can't I? The only way I was thinking about the goodness of God, the only way I know, there's no like way to learn the goodness of God. It's just, it's an experience and an encounter that we have to keep coming back all the time, right? It's the only way I know to do it. Um, so the way I enlarge my tent or spread out my influence, authority and take land for my King Jesus is, is by practicing tauda, that thing we just did before. It's like thanking him for his goodness and his faithfulness even before. Like that is like how I drive down into his goodness and go, I am not moving. I believe that you're good despite what anything would try to tell me. Whatever circumstance is happening, I will still. Do you know what I mean? You're nodding because you all have things in your life that are hard, right? And we all can practice this. I want to be driven down into the goodness of God so that it, it holds me firm there. <clears throat> so Tauda, which looks like a barren woman singing about her descendants, doesn't it? Thanking before the event, thanking before the breakthrough. So I need an absolute trust in God's goodness to be able to do that. And so that's how I fortify the tent of my life, isn't it? And it's how I extend it out to become greater and wider for my king. It's not about me becoming greater, him. So the whisper of God that I heard that day was that tent pegs that spend all their time deep in God's goodness are also quite handy at destroying the enemy. So if the enemy dares to like pop into my tent, can take him out. <laughs> because I've spent all my time so deep in his goodness. Sorry, it's such a violent story. But, um, and so the increase of his kingdom, that milk and honey land, because we got that picture too, didn't we? It increases that way. So I'm convinced I'm meant to know his goodness in such a deep and profound way that my life is just so fortified and held firm and my authority and influence increases and I take more ground for my king. And if those enemies sneak in, they're pretty easily taken out <laughs> with a deep understanding of his goodness. Yeah? That's it. <laughs> I don't have anything else.
should read that. For all that time, if reading the Bible for 20 years, I was like, why is there such disgusting violence in here? And I was like, oh, if you just sit with the Holy Spirit, who's the great teacher, he'll just show you some things. Anyway, have an eat. Have an eat. I'm chewing over it, still going, um, okay. So I just felt like I just want to leave some space now for the Lord. Um, if you have a thing in your life that you haven't seen breakthrough for, we all do, in the quiet of your heart, maybe just start thanking again. Pra- can we practice Tauda this week? And, and so that it becomes a life practice for us. I know for some of you it is, and you've been practicing it for 50 years, but I just want let's to, just, let's just hunker into that thing and just really practice thanking him before the breakthrough because he just doesn't change. He's so constant in his goodness and his faithfulness. I want to say again, he's just all light and no dark. He's all blessing and no curse. Like he's all goodness and nothing bad. He's just, that's who he is. He's pure. The other thing I thought we could do is just ask God, is there an area of my life that I don't believe your goodness, your good in? Sometimes we just have a little funny niggly thing that's crept in there. And the enemy lies to us about that thing. So maybe just ask him, if you need to ask him, what's the lie I've believed, God, about your goodness or your lack of goodness to me? Just ask him about that. And when he shows you, just repent and then rebuke the lie and off you go. Ask him actually after, rebuke the lie and then say, hey, what truth do you want to tell me in exchange? Do a swap. He's great at trades. He always trades up, doesn't he? So good. Um, Others of us might just want to ask about your tent expanding. Lord, what part of my life are you expanding? What area of influence or authority? What do you ask him about that? Sit and ask him. Have that conversation with him. Um, You can use this story or the verse in Isaiah or just practice Tauda. That's that's the thing I was like, if this could be our practice as a people, wouldn't it? I mean, I feel like it is. You guys are amazing already. You just so thankful and just love the Lord but if we can just get these practices in our life it could be incredible as a community so yeah I just want to give space if you want to sit just um yourself and pray if you want to have those quiet conversations if you want to stick your hand up and just say just can someone come pray with me some of us need just people coming around us um so yeah this is the time to do that or come out the front if you want to do that um weeksy sorry I'm eyeballing you can we have a tiny bit of music or something it's my brother-in-law it's a great man (laughs) so move around if you need to you're not stuck in your seats Um, get some prayer come up here if you need to Um, yeah do all those things cool thank you Mm -hmm.